0: I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. This week, I want to talk a little bit more about emotions and the way that they work in borderline personality disorder And I also want to talk a little bit about how to notice this sort of revving up of emotions, and I'm going to answer a listener question. Before I do that, though, I just want to thank everybody for your patience in this episode. We were actually on vacation to end the summer here in the U.S. before we jumped into the school year, and it proved to be awesome because it allowed me to have Mm -hmm. enough time to step back, relax, and really learn some more things about myself socially so that I can bring this episode to you guys. Another thing that I will say before I jump into the episode is that if you're interested in signing up for the group, please go on the website SkeeterStrength.com, click on groups, and fill out a coaching application today. I have a lot of applications that I'm going to be going through, and I'm going to be pairing people up to be in the right groups So if you're interested in that Mindset Coaching group, please do that. What's included in the group is a weekly group for an hour and 15 minutes, as well as daily support and contact with me and your other group members, as well as access to me as a clinician, at least weekly. So if you're looking for an an intensive support group based on the podcast that's more coaching with assignments, support, social skills help, and just a really great community of people, then this is the group for you. So go ahead and on, fill out an application, and I will be in touch as soon as I can figure out where to place everybody. All right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about emotion regulation and borderline personality disorder and this intensity that we experience. I was Doing a lot of self-reflection, as you all know, about how our uh, emotions kind of rev up and how that really works for me, the biggest question I get is, well, what does recovery look for, look like for you? And I take for granted sometimes some of the things that I've learned to do to accommodate my intensity. So if you remember a few episodes back, I talked about personality trait versus personality state. And I said that personality traits are stable across an individual's lifespan. And what that means is that being intense or being hyperbolic and being someone who gets revved up, someone who's hypersensitive, those are part of my personality traits. They're not changeable. But when I was in the throes of having a disorder a diagnosis, a dysfunction, whatever you want to term that as, or however you want to say that, those were personality states that I was in. So being hypersensitive and not knowing what to do with that and believing that I couldn't control the emotions and the paranoid, intrusive thoughts in the episodes, like that was a state. So what I had learned to do, and I didn't even know it at the time, was to take my personality state create a moral compass that would determine the way that I behaved so that I could change that state from being chaotic to being functional, to being calmer, to being more quote-unquote normal, neurotypical. And in doing that, I was able to create a state for myself where I feel confident, secure, comfortable, and I'm really able to live a good life. However, I had to do that by accepting my personality traits. So I can tell you a little bit of a story that happened to us over the weekend or that happened to me over the weekend that made me think, gosh, I should really make this episode. I should record this episode and let people know what it's like to be hypersensitive and to sort of have this like intense revving up. So the way that i talk about pre- in previous episodes emotion regulation is that people with bpd they rev up right so there's it feels like when you're in the middle of an episode that you can't control your emotions but really there's a revving up that occurs and there's not this level of self-awareness that we've experienced if you're in the beginning of recovery to understand that there is a revving up that it's not just something that like oh i just can't control it like you know, someone said to me, you know, you're very callous and harsh when you talk about people with BPD because you're, you know, calling them tyrants and you of all people should know that we can't control our emotions. And I think it depends on where you are in recovery. Sure, if you're not at the place yet where you can't be self-aware enough to understand that you do have a choice before that, you know, that that Viktor Frankl quote, right, where he says between... Um, Stimulus and response. There's a space, and in that space is our freedom to choose. Power phrasing that that one, right? But if you're not in the um, that part of recovery where you can understand that, of course, it feels like callous and harsh, harsh, and like you don't have a choice. But you do, and you need someone to help guide you through that. So if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, "Um, "What are you talking about? I can't stop my episodes." Well, then you need to get some help so that you can determine what your precursors to the episodes are. Triggers, if you want to call them that, right? But there's a ramping up that definitely occurs for people with borderline personality disorder, people with intense emotions, let's say. And so I wanted to really talk about this today because what I I think has happened is that we talk about emotion regulation, but like only in the context of an episode, right? But I realize that like, I amp up all the time. And then I've learned to like bring myself down. And it's become something that I'm just I'm used to. And I don't really do it in like a dysfunctional way. Like, let's say like, I'm done the day of sessions, for example well, I'm done and I'm happy and I'm excited and I'm like up and I had a great day and I got to talk to all kinds of people and help people and it just was beautiful. So I might get up and I might like get a drink and I might go outside and run around or, you know, jump up and down or maybe play basketball or do something that's like matches that revved up energy, right? And in new activities, I also have this experience of like sort of revving up, you know, for me, what I've been able to learn how to do is just check with myself and be like, oh, you're getting a little too much right now. You're going to, you know, you're intense right now, right? So a great example of this happened twice over this past vacation week. The first example of this is when we're playing badminton. So if you don't know what badminton is, it's, there's like a volleyball net and a birdie and a racket. You take the birdie and the racket and you hit it over the net and you're supposed to like hit it back and forth. So We as a family had never played this. It was my son and I versus Jay on this badminton team. And we hit the birdie or I take the birdie and I serve it, right? And it took a while for us to get the hang of it. So we finally get the hang of it and I hit it. Jay hits it back. LJ hits it. We're all serving and just volleying this little birdie and it's working out so well. And I start getting excited. I'm like, guys, we're doing it we're doing it. Oh my gosh. He hits it. I hit it. Oh, L.J. hit it. Yes, we're doing it. And I'm so excited. And then the birdie comes to me and I whack it (laughs) and it breaks. And it's coming just at the moment in time where Jay's like, babe, calm down, like a little too much. (laughs) He'll say things like that. And I kind of laughed to myself. And it's just an example of the way in my mind that um, emotions work for someone who's hypersensitive. It's like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's working. It's working. It's working. I'm getting out of control, dysregulated. I'm going to hurt something. I hurt it. Right? So for me, like if you're wondering what happened after the fact, I just laughed. I took a deep breath and I said to myself, okay, too much. So I have learned to refocus that intense energy into playing the game. So I was able to have a much better time playing because I took that intensity and just Waited for it to come to me, hit it in the right spot kind of thing until we weren't playing anymore. Same thing happened to me when we were playing basketball. So we're playing basketball. We're playing a game called, I think it's called Around the World. And you basically shoot baskets around the court. You go one through ten, and then you do ten again, and you go back. And the first person who makes all of the shots at these locations along the basketball court wins the game. So we start shooting, and if you've ever played this game before, you know that you have to have a good day shooting-wise to be able to get through this game, because if not, it takes a long time to get through. So we start shooting, and the first shot's pretty hard, pretty difficult, because you're all the way on the side of the basket. So we try not to use the backboard when we're playing. Try to do, for the most part, swooshes so we can practice our shot, just more fun that way. So, put the ball up, not getting it in, and LJ's not getting it in, and Jay's not getting it in. So, Jay gets his in, he moves on, I'm still not getting my basket in, and I'm just getting, like, more and more and more and more and more frustrated internally. So internally for the birdie one with the badminton, that was everyone can see that, right? My son, my husband, they can see I'm just like getting overly excited. But whenever I start getting frustrated, I'm internalizing that now so that I can talk myself through it. So I said to myself, okay, well, you have two choices. Choice one is you can continue to be intense at the fact that you're having a hard time making this basket. Or you can refocus your energy and your intensity into throwing the ball up and trying to make the basket exactly the way that you had learned, or like Jay taught me to throw to shoot. So that's what I did. I refocused my energy on making sure that my fingers were on the ball and positioned a certain way, my elbows were a certain way, my feet were facing the basket. I pushed the ball up through my nose and my hand ends in the basket. What happens? I make that basket. I make every basket to 10. I make every basket 10 back, not in a row, but I was the first person to do that. And I ended up winning the game because I was intensely focused on the form that would be required to shoot the quote unquote perfect shot. So I was able to use that to my advantage. So I have learned in other words that I rev up. And when I rev up, I need to take that energy and refocus it into the thing that I'm doing rather than revving up. And I've been telling this example to clients all week this week because I think it's just such a beautiful way of looking at the personality traits that accompany being hypersensitive and hyperbolic versus just looking at the dysfunction of it. I mean, sure, we can go, oh my gosh, you have to battle with this all the time, this intensity, like, You broke the birdie. What happened then? Or I can say, well, I like having this personality trait where I can have so much intense energy and focus that I can win a game of around the world. Whereas before a couple of years ago, I never played a day of basketball in my life. Played a little when I was a kid, but not the way I play now. And so, you know, to have like 20 swooshes is pretty cool. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't have that level of intensity, then I wouldn't be able to have a podcast and a website and all you guys and these groups and all the wonderful things I'm doing if I wasn't intense. So I've learned to radically accept that my personality is different than the personalities of those around me, not turn that into something that's negative, and to refocus my energy into what's positive. So as you go through your work and recovery and you're looking at emotion regulation, what I want you to start to bring into your awareness is that your emotions, they're revving up like an engine. Think about whether, you know, you're embarking on a new project, or you're going to go and take a class at a local university, or you're going to get a new job. Do you know when you find out like new information and Maybe you're excited because you just got into school or you just got a new job and you start thinking, right? Think of, imagine for a moment, a pendulum of a grandfather clock and you're just ticking back and forth, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. And then you get the news that you got into this program or got this new job or that the person you like, likes you back, right? And then Slowly you start thinking, and you go, you're going tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, and the pendulum swinging a little faster. And you start thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get new clothes for this job. What am I going to wear? Oh, I don't look good in anything that I wear. Okay, I got to go to the store. What store am I going to go to? I have to get a new bag. I have to do this and that. And what if they don't like me? And what if they do like me? And what if I get fired? And what am I going to do if I don't make enough money? And what? And then all of a sudden, your pendulum is now swinging so hard and so fast that it's hitting the sides of the box of the clock, right? Bam, bam. It's not tick-tock, tick-tock anymore. It's bam, 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 bam. And then you use an emotion word to label that. Maybe you say like, oh, I'm really anxious right now. I'm overwhelmed. I can't do it. Nothing is ever good enough. Even when I'm happy, I feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. What I want you to notice is that Those things don't always apply. Sometimes you're just revving up and revving up and revving up and revving up and revving up, and And you have to take a pause, take a step back, re-regulate, and then move back into the scenario when you're back to a tick-tock, tick-tock. I'm sure many of you out there can relate to this revving up if you think about it for a moment. I mean, we can rev up for anything, right? I had a really cool interview with somebody that wanted me to be on their podcast and has like an Instagram now and she and I were talking and like both of us are revving up we're getting so passionate and so excited about like negating the stigma for BPD you know I was kind of laughing about it in the moment I'm saying look we're like so passionate we're so intense about it so we kind of rev up on all these different subjects. And I'm sure if we're being honest, you can rev up about stuff too, right? Think about like, do you ever wake up in the morning and you just get a a gift and it's like a new coffee mug (laughs) and you start drinking out of the mug and you realize like, this mug is amazing. It, you can like put your hand in, keeps your hand warm. There's like a little ceramic insert. It's just right in terms of size. It keeps your coffee warm. Just so awesome. This mug is so great. You start thinking, oh. I wish I had more mugs like this. You start like on Amazon now, you're on your phone, you're looking at mugs. Oh my gosh, look at all these mugs I can get. I like this mug too. I wonder if this mug is like that mug. How many mugs should I get? Should I get four mugs? Should I get six mugs? What if they come over tonight and they stay overnight and my family wants to have coffee? Okay, how many people is that going to be? Okay, 12 people. I should get all these mugs, (laughs) right? It sounds intense for someone who's maybe neurotypical and doesn't think in that way. But I would venture to say that most people out there are gonna laugh a little bit and be able to relate to that because that's how we go. We rev up. We can't just sit there and enjoy a moment. We have to go into all of these different scenarios in our mind and v- v- rev, rev 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 all the way all the way to the point where now we've just ordered on Amazon like a, a set of twelve of these mugs that we like and it's not even nine o'clock in the morning yet. <laughs> And that's just an example of how any emotion that's not in the tick-tock, tick-tock rhythm is, a, is an intense revving up, and it's a dysregulation. So I want you all this week, if you're listening to the podcast and you've been following along, to start noticing when you're revving up. Because a rev up a revved up emotion isn't reality it's just a revving up i used to work with this kid and i was babysitting him a very long time ago and i thought it was odd but the mom was like you know my child is has a disability they're not able to identify where on the spectrum he is he's got some sensory issues and so what happens is is he gets revved up and we say how fast is your engine running so I was like, yeah, 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 right, because I'm a kid, and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with this kid, and I had worked with children on the autism spectrum in the past. So he was such a great kid, and then after working with him for a while, he would get revved up, and so I would have to say to him, "Hey, how fast is your engine running?" And he would go, "Green, green, 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 or yellow or red," and if he was at green, 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 the protocol that the family had put into place is that he would go and jump on his trampoline and spin in a circle. And if he needed a pressure hug, he would get a pressure hug. And then he would go back to doing what he was doing. And I always thought it was curious because other than that, he was awesome. But now I think of that and I think, well, how fast is your engine running? I use that for myself. Is it too revved up? Are we on green, 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 green? Do we really need 12 coffee mugs just because you like the mug that you're drinking? No. And I'm able to like reel myself down by checking my thoughts, checking my reality, and taking my intensity and focusing it in on things that are productive and things that matter. And I encourage you all to do the same. From the time you wake up until the time you go to bed, notice when your engine is revving. And instead of putting more emotion words to the revving and making yourself feel bad and shameful and guilty and going into that self-loathing, shameful spiral, take a step back, think, is my engine just revving too fast? Do I accept who I am as a person or am I still trying to make myself be someone else and then beat myself up for it? And if I do accept who I am as a person, then how can I take this intense revving, take that step back, re-regulate, and redefine what I do with that emotional intensity? Think again of that pendulum. Anytime you're not going tick-tock, tick-tock, and you're going tick-tock, 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 and your pendulum is hitting the sides of this grandfather clock, That's the time where you really want to explore how to re-regulate. And remember that all emotions work in this revved up way for someone who's hypersensitive and has this BPD kind of profile. So that means happiness, sadness, um, anger, all emotions. Do you ever have a moment where you're really happy and you're so happy that you start thinking about how happy you are and you're doing all these things that are really happy and excited and overjoyed and then you start saying, oh man, I'm not going to be happy forever. The other shoe's going to drop. So you get so happy that you self-destruct your own happiness. That's an example of revving. You're revving and revving and revving and revving past the point of happy. And you're now at this point of overly intense, overwhelmed, happy, and you become self-destructive. So you've taken the birdie, which is happiness, and you've taken your racket and you've now smashed it in half. You've taken your happiness and smashed it. And not because you've intentionally done this, but because you haven't yet learned to recognize the revving up of all emotions as part of your personality to modify yourself your life if need be to accommodate who you are so you can build an identity off of who you are and not the dysfunction and not who someone else is. All right, everybody. Well, that was a realization from my recent staycation. So hopefully that's helpful for you. And if you're following along next week, we're going to have Jay on the podcast and we're going to talk about Communication and some other things that are awesome. So stay tuned for a QA and we'll see you all next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful
1: Hi Rose, my name's Shade. I'm twenty two and I've just received a diagnosis of BPD within the last few weeks. Um I'm struggling with the tyrant behaviour because for years now I happen to have um, been working on my core values to um, kind of grow uh, kind of by chance by myself. Um, But I hit a wall in terms of uh, interacting with myself. I have this kind of anti-sade voice that becomes a tyrant towards myself often and I find it very hard to control it. and I wondered if you come across quiet BPD often, um, like if patients uh, ask you about that a lot, or if you have any specific advice for people who mainly struggle with their, themselves and their relationship with themselves.
0: Thank you so much for submitting that question. Yes, I come across people with quiet BPD very often or individuals who have like a combination of both. So sometimes that sort of ebb and f- ebbs and flows, like quiet BPD, having that tyranny that's turned inward versus like external um, – BPD and external tyranny, right? And a few episodes ago, if you're wanting to know a little bit more about my take on the types of BPD and the subtypes, I did do an episode this season about BPD types and subtypes and touched on this quiet BPD. So if you haven't listened to that already, definitely go ahead and check that out. That will give you an idea of you know, kind of what I'm coming across. It is interesting because I get this question a lot in terms of quiet BPD and that's because I didn't have <laughs> quiet BPD. I mean, it ebbs and flows, but most of the time I was very aggressive outwardly towards other people. Um, but I totally understand what you're saying about directing all of that inward. And it goes back to, you know, there's a couple of things. One, I would definitely suggest that you look into mentalization because mentalizing will allow you to see yourself in the context of your whole life and really look at who you actually are rather than making a mistake and then, you know, attacking your own character or tying like a mistake towards to your character, who you are. So that's one thing that I think will really help you. Another thing that I think will really help you, um... When we're talking about uh, quiet BPD and tyranny, is really thinking about how your moral values tie into how you're treating yourself and what you're saying to yourself. So, for example, you know, let's say that you make a mistake, right? Going off of the mistake example, maybe you misspoke, or, you know, maybe you were supposed to apply for a job, and you've been promising yourself that you would do that, but you don't. So then you spend a lot of time punishing yourself, saying negative things to yourself, where you want to think like, what is my moral compass? Who am I trying to become? Did you create a version of who you're becoming so you have a, a path to walk to, to get there? If your answer is no to that, that's... The first thing that I would suggest you do, and then I would suggest you look to see whether or not the things you're telling yourself are, one, true. Two, do they define who you're becoming? Three, what function does that serve? What function does it serve for you to be a tyrant towards yourself? If I'm going to be a tyrant towards Jay, for example, that function that it serves is for me to get my intense, revved up emotional needs met. It's to prevent myself from being vulnerable to get hurt. It's to get a need met, to get what I want. So those are all functions of that behavior. And honestly, before I knew a better way, it really worked for me. Being a tyrant worked. I was able to have these intense episodes and people will come in and rep- rescue me. It worked so i had to find a formula a new formula when that no longer served me so what purpose does being a tyrant to your, towards yourself serve for you and like i said before really looking into mentalization so hopefully that helps it's not a ton of information because i don't know your individual situation so you can feel feel free if you'd like to schedule a session on the website at skeeterstrength.com my schedule will be up and you can schedule right there and i would contact you after for your next steps. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Keep sending in your questions. I know Maggie had a question that she sent in that we will be answering in next week's episode. And again, if you're going to sign up for groups, definitely do that before the end of next week so you can be involved in the process. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for listening. That was from Borderline the Beautiful, a production of Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching Systems. We help frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at Skeeter'sStrength.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Cast or any app you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. Next time on the show, we're going to continue our eating disorder series. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from last episode, so let's hear them. I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download that Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. So... If you like this podcast, not only can you download that Anchor app, but you can help us get this message out to so many more people. Head over to Apple and offer us that five-star rating and let me know what you're thinking about some of our material. The more stars and higher rating we get, the more people will have access to From Borderline to Beautiful. Hope and help for individuals with BPD. Thank you.